Welcome to Be Dead Source, your ho ho home for holiday refreshment. My name's Nathan, your most frankincense and myrrh host. My name is Andy, your grinchiest host. And I'm Pat, your Krampus host. Hey guys, Andy followed the point of the joke. I'm shocked. It's great. Yeah, let's get a round of applause for him. Do it from time to time. Good job, Andy. Well, I have to placate you sometimes. Yeah, I appreciate it. But sometimes it it, it has more to do with how I'm feeling. <laughs> because I'm a modern man and in touch with my emotions. You have a problem with that, you can see my lawyer, punk. I don't know what that means. If, if, you're, <laughs> if you're threatening legal action when anybody says anything to you, I don't know how in touch with your emotions you are. No clue why that's where I went. I, ha- I do not have a lawyer. <laughs> anyway... We are jingling in the new year here. We are uh, hanging our stockings with care. Uh, got uh, coal packed up for each of you for our uh, Secret Santa exchange. I guess that's not how Secret Santa works. No. Coal for one of you. <laughs> and you'll find out who it is. Awesome. Uh, anyway, let's. We, we want this to be a nice, tight episode. People are uh, celebrating clearly while they're listening to this episode or looking on from other countries that don't generally celebrate Christmas and being like, what is all the hubbub about? And uh, we want to, you know, get things moving. So how has your guys' Yuletide week been? It's been good. So I get to see my family again. You know, I just saw them for Thanksgiving, but I get to see them again for Christmas. We're going to celebrate Christmas early and uh, go down to Columbus, which is where my sister's family lives. And, uh, yeah, I mean, should be, should be a good time. I'm really looking forward to seeing all of them again and just like the holiday festivities and not having too much to have to worry about. That's awesome. Cool. I have been out of town for the last couple weekends. Last weekend I went up to, well, go two weekends ago I was in Chicago with Caitlin. We were just Ooh. sort of sightseeing and getting out of town and hitting up some dispensaries. Ooh, like pizza dispensaries? Nice. Well... Vending machines? Definitely there was pizza, but uh, no, the marijuana dispensaries, because in Illinois, Ooh. marijuana is legal to buy and consume. Do you like jazz cigarettes? Nice. Yes. So I did not break any laws. Hell yeah. And it was a good time. Um... We went to, it was kind of weird, like, we ended up having a lot of wild goose chases on the trip. We we had trouble tracking down a, dis- a dispensary, then we had trouble tracking down some museums to go to, then we had trouble tracking down a good pizza place to get a slice way late at, well, that was just me, Caitlin was already asleep <laughs> in the hotel, <laughs> and I was trying to find pizza, but the only places that were open were, like, sit-down restaurants, and I just wanted to, like, grab a slice. So anyway, <clears throat> there was a lot of trying to... F- find things, but we had a great time, and there was good Chicago pizza, but somehow Caitlin has been to Chicago like three or four times, three times I think before that, uh, as an adult, and has never had Chicago-style pizza, which, like, that's one of the main reasons one would go to Chicago, in my opinion. I have to say that, like, deep dish pizza is not really a pizza, it's more like a stew, (laughs) or like a loaf. Like, mm. you just have, like, ingredients. It's delicious, and I love it, 
but to call it a pizza is like a little strange. Well, certainly the way they make it in Chicago, that is uh, pretty true. In fact, I mean, it pretty much looks like a bread bowl of, so like, yeah, cheese as, soup. <laughs> as a holiday gift, I am not going to argue with either of you and just let you go along with your opinion. Listen, New York pizza is very different from Chicago pizza. And sure. I just don't no see arguments. any reason to, to dislike or hate on either. There you go. Yeah, they're both great. I'm pro pizza. Having I, said that, we, we specifically said we were going to keep our how was our week short. Right. So and, we, the uh, next about pizza got, seems like a bad way to do that. I mean, I guess, <laughs> well, whatever disagreement you might have is wrong anyway. So, um... <laughs> That's okay. I, I'm editing this episode. I can just put the little buzzer noise next to that comment. Right. It's fine. Um, <laughs> We're hanging the mistletoe and not having any fights. Anywho, <laughs> the following weekend, I went up with to uh, Upper Michigan, Gaylord, Michigan, with a friend of mine from college, and we just got snowed in and drunk and watched a lot of TV. We watched a bunch of Avatar, watched a bunch of Star Trek, watched a bunch of Star Wars, watched a bunch of more Star Trek. We watched <laughs> um, a bunch of movies and stuff, so it was a good time. And cool. that was what's been going on with me recently, so I'm done. So, I have to say, uh, and this could very, very easily go under precious moments, but I'm, I've got something else for that. Um, but... For those of us, uh, for those of our sorcerers who listened to the last episode, uh, we have had a lot of medical problems going on in my house. And since the last episode, uh, Sarah has gotten her surgery. She is uh, like almost immediately was out of pain. She's, uh, got like, there's some muscle weakness because she basically wasn't able to like put weight on that leg for a month and a half. And so she's coming back. But like today we went out, she drove for the first time since the surgery and we ran a couple of like holiday errands. And it was just like, it's, it is very easy to see the progress she's making every day. And so like, if that is the only good thing that happens this holiday season, I'm golden. I am great. So I am very, very happy about that. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's a that's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> or something. It certainly is. Speaking of Christmas miracles, what are we talking about today, guys? Yeah, so we kind of wanted to... I wanted to address the housing crisis. No, that's no. wrong. We are talking about Christmas, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the origin of Christmas. That sounds important. And Andy had something he wanted to talk about a little bit later, but we're going to start out <laughs> with history. Hooray. No, no, no. This I is like- good. I think Christmas is so... Oh, I have something else to add to my list. Go on. <laughs> I like Christmas-tory. Christ- so we have to start with the Roman harvest festival called Saturnalia. Saturnalia was a celebration. It was the 17th of December. And in Italy, it didn't really get very cold until about December. So that was actually when they were making their harvests. And uh, Saturn, whose name is basically a translation of plenty, like it is, uh, Saturn was the god of plenty. Um, It marked the beginning of a new year. It marked rebirth, 
of that god. So their tradition was to take a wool-wrapped statue and unwrap the wool and put the statue of Saturn onto a couch. And that represented like the rebirth of Saturn for a new year. And you made offerings to Saturn. But more than that, it was several things. It was like a nonstop party for about a week. Nobody nice. got any work done. They nice. all got drunk in the street. It was like the, uh, it was like a carnival, basically. There were like jugglers and street performers and people getting drunk and a whole bunch of debauchery that didn't exactly make it into the sort of like 20th century Christmas. Uh, those, um, when, when we talk about like the good old days, that's, what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. When, when we're talking, how about, how about when we're talking about make America great again? That's what we do. Like we, we make America great in Saturnalia ways. Drinking and debauchery. Bring, bring back Saturnalia. And another important part of the tradition of Saturnalia was, um, declaring Saturnalia kings. So Saturnalia kings was they would take a, like a young child or a beggar or someone who was poor. And they would cast lots to, like, determine who it's going to be this year. And then that person gets whatever they want, as long as all of their decrees for the rest of Saturnalia are silly. So they might tell, like, all right, everybody on the street right now has to dance. Or, like, we have to throw that guy in a well. Like, it's it's just, like, <laughs> silly Excellent. things. Okay. Um, Wait, that another sounds tradition. Great. sounds like the Impractical Jokers. And for your punishment, buddy, we came to the downtown conference center where you'll be playing a culinary expert presenting foods from around the world. Okay. Except you're not going to be able to taste anything. In fact, you're not going to be able to say anything either. <laughs> because we're going to shoot up your mouth and your chompers with tons of Novocaine. <laughs> well, another part of the tradition of Saturnalia is um, slaves would pretend to be masters for the day and all of the masters would pretend to be slaves. So they could order them around. They could uh, hurl insults at them. And it was sort of like this cathartic release of all of the, like, you know, injustice throughout the year was sort of made up for on Saturnalia. <laughs> because you could tell, you could tell your master off. Like, you could <laughs> insult them and curse to their face and yeah, they couldn't really that's fair they couldn't really do anything about you it yeah you, you could yeah lightheartedly whip them and then slit their throat and then pay like <laughs> 20 pieces of silver as a as a oh, damn like, are you kidding me i don't think you were supposed to go quite that far with it but right. i mean that was sort can, of the yeah. the cathartic release of saturnalia and then another tradition that came out of Rome about the same time uh, from uh, Zoroastrianism. Hold on, wait, before we move on from Saturnalia, yeah. you said there's a... No, you want to continue talking about Saturnalia. Well, I, just, I, yeah, I, wanted to do do, I, I thought I had an idea. Um, you know, yeah. you said that there's a, a king of Saturnalia, right? Yeah. I think that all of our <laughs> listeners... I sense a trap here. <laughs> I feel like all of our listeners should jump on our Twitter and vote for one of us to be... The King of Saturnalia. And, Excellent. Ooh. And that person will get to boss everybody around in the next episode that we record that doesn't have a guest in it. Perfect. Nice. And it gets people to follow our Twitter, so. Yeah. So what's our Twitter handle, Pat? Beat a dead source. 
And uh, just wait, I'm writing uh, that down. Yeah, it's hard to. It's hard track. to remember. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to make radio. Uh, you know? And the the at is at un, uh, dead source dead underscore source. And just put the name of Andy, Pat, or Nathan. Which one of us you want to be? <laughs> the king of Saturnalia. King of Saturnalia. <laughs> this would be fun. Hell yeah! I bet we'll get like um, more than one vote. Yeah, so that's that's Saturnalia and uh, the evolution of Saturnalia. Saturnalia was like such a beloved holiday that when later on in Roman history the empire became completely Christian, like overnight they just decided everyone is going to be Christian. Um they knew the early church knew that they couldn't really just like outlaw Saturnalia and it's not that explicit in the Bible like when Christ was actually born, like what date of right. the year it was. Um, a lot of historians are looking at like, you know, the shepherds in the field and that must have been like around like springtime that, uh, they think that Christ was born. So it, it really had very little to do with December 25th, no. but they decided like, all right, well, we could either fight Saturnalia or we could co-opt it and just integrate it into our religion and say, like, hey, you know, instead of celebrating this rebirth of Saturn, now you guys are celebrating the rebirth or the actual birth of Christ. Um, but you can do, you can keep doing all of the same silly festivals that you guys are already doing. And people like found that a lot more palatable, obviously, than just giving up their tradition. Uh, Another thing that was going on at around the same time, was the birth of Mithras. And this was more of like, it was a tradition that came from Zoroastrianism out of Iran. And, uh, this was more practiced among like the elites of Rome. Um, but it was the birth of the sun god Mithras. And that was also celebrated as like the most important holiday out of the year. Um, that one was actually on December 25th and you had to make sacrifices. You made sacrifices in Saturnalia as well of, like, uh, sacrificing bulls to Saturn. Don't kid yourself, Jimmy. If a cow ever got the chance, he'd eat you and everyone you care about. But um, Mithras was similarly, like, a holiday of sacrificing to have a good year the next year, to have a prosperous year the next year, because you had the favor of Mithras, the sun god. Anyway, moving right along... So these are the, like, the successors to Christianity, to Christmas, or I should say these are, like, the predecessors of Christmas, but really, like, the spiritual predecessor of Christmas is more in the Nordic tradition of Yule. And these, you're going to hear a lot more traditions that you're going to find familiar with Yule. So Yule was a holiday, it was very cold. And what they would do was they would get a giant fir tree. They would drag a log back to their keep, back to their like longhouse or, you know, to, to their place of dwelling. And they would burn the Yule log and it would burn for 12 days and it would light everything up and it would keep everybody warm. And that's when a lot of the drinking and festivities would go on with the cold raging outside. And it was in defiance of the idea of freezing to death outside in winter. 
<laughs> That's something they took a stand against? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm against freezing to death. Yeah, no, I mean, it might be scary outside, but we're going to be uh, happy and uh, drinking and uh, mirthful, and we're also going to eat all of our meat, because um, one of the things was they would slaughter all of the cattle because they couldn't really uh, feed them throughout the winter. They would keep a few for breeding, but um, the cattle... Uh, really had a hard time surviving and they didn't have much to feed them throughout the winter. So just as a practical matter, um, December was around the time that they were slaughtering all of the cattle that they had grown throughout the year. So there was like an abundance of meat. Uh, it was plentiful. Food was plentiful and everybody got a share. And that's also when our traditions about like holly and mistletoe came from and the Christmas tree. So another thing that they would do was uh, because of the symbolism of an evergreen tree surviving the winter, they would drag the biggest evergreen tree that they could find and they would keep it in their home as a symbol of that. Like we're going to survive the winter. You see, cause this is what our forefathers did. I can't feel my leg. They walked out into the woods. They picked out that special tree and they cut it down with their bare hands. Nice. Mistletoe is a tradition that also came from Rome, um, but it was more so adapted in later ages. So mistletoe was a really rare, like, parasitic creeper plant, and it was considered holy to some of the Nordic gods. Loki used a spear of Holly to kill Frigga's son. You are all of you beneath me. I am a god, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by that. Um, uh, but Mistletoe being sacred to Frigga, she resurrected her son under the mistletoe and declared that not only should you not fight under the mistletoe, but that anybody who is um, under a mistletoe is deserving to uh, be resurrected from death and deserves a kiss. And that's sort of where our tradition of mistletoe, like kissing under the mistletoe, came from. Mm. And, like, when Romans would uh, negotiate peace talks... They would bring mistletoe with them as a symbol of peace, like nobody can attack because this this vine is holy. Um, <laughs> nobody can attack each other also, under the mistletoe. Also using air quotes while they said it. Yes, nobody can attack you. Wink. Well, you know, I didn't really look at how effective that has been throughout history. <laughs> um, but there is an interesting... No, it sounds like a nice tradition. There is an interesting tradition of people taking Christmas off during war. Um, there, they found a letter that was like correspondence between two people that were fighting in the trenches in, uh, and I'll have to get fact checked on this, whether it was World War One or World War Two. I believe it might have been World War One. It was World um, War One. This watch I got here was first purchased by your great grandfather during the First World War. They found a letter that was like a, an apology, like, sorry, one of our guys shot at one of your guys because it's Christmas. Like, we, like, he wasn't supposed to shoot at you. And 
Like, here's our apology for somebody popping off a shot. Well, here's here's the thing, just really quick. In uh, 1914, in uh, there's an area called No Man's Land that is very easy to look up on the Western Front, where on Christmas Day, both sides put down their guns and came out and sang Christmas carols and exchanged gifts and played football with each other. And there's pictures of, like, soldiers from the different sides coming together and celebrating Christmas and basically this truce that no one called for just happened in 1914 during the war. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, There's all kinds of stuff you can look up on uh, on it, but if you just do like a search for Christmas truce or no man's land, uh, you'll find all the information about it. And it's a, it's amazing. So yes. And then went directly back to killing each other the next day. Absolutely. No, this it is is a very uh, short-lived miracle that happened, but uh, pretty great. Hey. Yeah. So, absolutely crazy. Another tradition that sort of came out of the Saturnalia tradition was like a later British, like UK tradition, was the Feast of Fools. And it was pretty similar um, to Saturnalia in like the debauchery and uh, somebody being, like, the crowned the king of the Feast of Fools. But the, it's also where we saw caroling come from. Gangs of poor people would go around singing songs, and some of these <laughs> songs have been, like, transcribed. You can still find them today. Sing songs, essentially a lot like trick-or-treating. They would go to a rich person's house and say, like, you know, sing these songs and you have to give us like your best beer, your best figgy pudding food, your best figgy pudding. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then bad things will happen to you. Like, they would, they would literally like break into these people's houses and steal. Shit if they didn't, it was, it was like trick or treat. If like the trick was, we're going to assault you and come steal you. <laughs> if you don't give us money and your best beer and stuff. And the, the and nice thing from when I was reading up on this is these groups would get drunker and drunker and drunker as the night went on. Yeah, so absolutely. You can imagine what that would like lead to debauchery. And so that's where the, the tradition of, of Christmas carols comes from and you're supposed to go out and you know give these people food and drink and be merry with them but like we've kind of forgotten these sinister undertones that if you don't they're going to <laughs> they're gonna fuck you up um <laughs> so that's that's the feast of fools not all of us have forgotten <laughs> and uh that's pretty much what i had on the like the his historical story um, but we also wanted to talk, like, just briefly about the canonical story of Christmas. So, um, I, as I'm sure nobody is surprised, like, you know, everybody has heard this story, but, um, this couple with a, a pregnant mother came upon an inn, and it's during December, so it's getting kind of cold, and they were denied entry at this inn because they were full, and they wound up having to give birth in a manger. Um, there was also a new star that had just appeared that night, and three wise men followed that star and wound up at the manger, and uh, wound up presenting this this 
new child, this virgin birth, um, presenting him with gifts. Uh, and that's pretty much the canonical story from the Bible about what happens on Christmas. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. So we celebrate the birth of Christ, like the birth of the, the Son of God, born from a virgin. But there are a lot of indications that that story was adapted long after Christ passed away. <laughs> what? Or was reborn. Um, there's a lot of indications that, that that was a story that was you know, adapted into the canon by the church that existed at the time. It's a story that a lot of people will be familiar with if you see, like, the manger display on anybody's front yard. Like, that's pretty much it. A lot of communities mm -hmm. come together and, like, decorate a manger. Well, and, you know, I don't want to be, like, flip about it. I mean, even, like, the Bible specifically is, uh, like, the four Gospels themselves are kind of a little bit jumbled about the story and you know it's not i guess i take it to be like the earliest of those was written around uh 30 to 50 years after jesus's you know the estimated death right and the explanation that i would have for that is like first of all it's an oral tradition like right. these are stories that people had passed by word of mouth and nobody really read except for the clergy. Like, nobody mm. really read except for, like, the extremely wealthy and, like, high priests. Like, people couldn't even really afford, like, parchment. Parchment was, like, crazy mm -hmm. to produce. Well, not to mention the contents have been filtered through various councils and regals, I guess, kings. Yeah. Who just have made various edits for various reasons. You know, so to me, it's completely, it's completely unsurprising that it comes out jumbled, but you can, right. you know, if, if somebody wanted to cynically look at it and say like, you know, that that's proof of their invalidity, historically, you know, there might be some meat on that bone. To me, that's just proof that it's storytelling. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I take it as. And, and for sure. to me, I mean, I, I have always looked at the Bible as a book of stories. The greatest story ever told is a magnificent picture. Not, and, and I know that from a sense of like a divinity, like certainly we're going to have differences, but I think in, we're on the same page in, in regards of like how literally do we have to take <laughs> the contents of this book? Well, probably not very. Try and read between the lines. My only thing is, like, it's only a problem if you see it as a historical document. And mm -hmm. we've already established in the little bit of time we've spent on this that it's from a stolen pagan holiday and that a few of them. Jesus wasn't born during the time of year that this, this was supposed to happen. So the idea that maybe not all the details are exactly right, uh, yeah. duh. Like, right, of and, course. And well, I think that that... I feel like this is... Go ahead, please. Well, I, I was going to say, I mean, honestly, like, that's fine. It doesn't... There is no pure holiday. I have been frustrated by this because I cannot find a holiday in general. Well, let me say, uh, run that back just slightly. It is incredibly hard to find a holiday that 
is like uncorrupted in some way. Nothing. It's a card from my dad. What is it? <laughs> Dear son, happy Festivus. What is Festivus? It's nothing. It's nothing. When George was growing Jeremy, up, no. his father no. hated all the commercial and religious aspects of Christmas, yeah. so he made up his own holiday. Uh, there's some that are like they, they they sort of ate other holidays to to extinguish other like religions and assimilate the people. Christmas, for example, sort of just <laughs> I mean off the top of my head, but like there's other pro- like all sorts of problems with like Thanksgiving and ooh Columbus Day and um oh, you know like there's just there's problems all the way down and all of the people all of the historical figures that we look up to are problematic and like it's just very very hard to find any you know truly like a pure thing so that's just something that you have to grapple with i think in in modern reality where we know things we have instant access to to information and you know, the information was always there, but just being able to get it so quickly, like, you can learn way too much, or not way too much, but you can learn a lot about a subject very quickly. So, mm-hmm. pretty much every holiday you come across has problems. Well, I feel like this is a good trip. This is a good transition to, to go into, like, you know, Christmas for the, like, later Roman Christians was, like, a time for forgiveness, like, people's debts would be forgiven at the end of the year. It was uh, illegal for early Christians to, like, charge usury, which is basically, like, any type of interest on loans. And so at the end of the year, like, at Christmas, you just forgave any debts. So we could bring that back. <laughs> and just cancel yeah. everybody's credit card debt huh. at the end of each year. Um, and maybe that would give you something to be holly jolly about. But yeah, I mean, I wanted to get into... Listen, I, I would not <laughs> you hear that, that, Daddy Biden. Right. <laughs> Daddy Biden, you can just, with the stroke of a pen, erase everybody's student loan debts. You can do that tomorrow. What what a wonderful holiday gift for the country. So from our family to yours... Merry Christmas and, and happy, happy holidays. holidays. But I, I kind of want to get into, like, since we've covered a little bit of the historical basis, I want to get into the nitty-gritty of, like, you know, the the great things that are about this tradition. There's, like, you know, the, the rebirth and, like, the turning everything on its head from Saturnalia is a little bit carried over in that, like, it's the time of year that um, everybody is jovial you know everybody is uh forgiving of people's past transgressions that you're just it's a time to just come together and uh enjoy the people that you're close to to be nice to strangers to uh. um give gifts to me you know wherever that came from if that came from saturnalia if that came from somewhere else it's the darkest time of the year it's cold out I think that there are just like some very practical reasons that you would want to be inside feasting, like fattening yourself up for the hard winter and taking a load off. You know, it's it's so dark and uh, you're going to light up everything and you have like a festival of light. Like, I think that there's something just like very positive about that, even just from like a evolutionary survival standpoint. I feel like that that's a very, 
that's a very reasonable thing for people to be doing in the early days when, you know, they have to survive these harsh winters and they don't really have good heating or it's, it's going to be tough to survive through the winter to have that like revelry and, uh, you know, your instinct is to like hunker down and stay inside. Like, well, let's turn it into a party, you know, rather than have everybody get depressed. I'm sure everybody who, uh, we all live in Cleveland, anyone who suffers from like, you know, if you've seasonal, ever heard, seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. Yep. Like, it, it's a, real it's thing. a bummer when it's dark. It's yeah. A real thing. Or, or anyone who like lives in like Alaska or anywhere up north. Um, well, there... like when it's dark for, for most of the day, it's a bummer. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, there are plenty of statistics out there that suicide rates go through the roof this time of year. Yeah. Which is a shame. Fact check, fact check, fact check. And welcome to fact check. It's me. Your favorite Christmas elf, Checky. I love nothing more than to prove stupid humans wrong when they say dumb stuff. Hey, Nathan, you're dumb. <laughs> Lots of people say that suicide rates go up at Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Ooh, just a second, Santa. I need to school these dumb human dweebs. Anyway, it turns out that suicides don't go up at Christmas or even during the long, cold, dark months of winter. You know, the best months. According to John Hopkins Medical, suicide rates are highest in the spring, likely because people are still depressed like in the winter, but because of all that terrible sunshine and stuff finally have the energy to take their own lives. Wow, that's absolutely terrible. They tell me there's more information in the dookie doo-doo. No, the doobly-doo. That's a stupid name. Anyway, Checky signing off. Here's some more idiot humans to listen to. Fact check, fact check, fact check. And so if, if this is a way, yeah, but if this is a way of combating that, then great. As as if it helps, I think that's fantastic. Certainly I see it that way. Like the, the jovialness and like giving gifts and being nice to strangers. Like I see it as a way that, that is combating that depression. However, not everybody here might share that opinion. That could be true. I wonder who you're talking about. <laughs> that's supposed to be, that's supposed to be a transition into your, uh, there was something important that you wanted to talk about, Andy. I think actually the reason that we had this whole episode. So I guess like everybody already knows I'm not a big fan of Christmas. And I think, <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. I know. For those of you who previously <laughs> liked me, I'm, it, it's been great. Humbug, I tell you, humbug. I am a social pariah. <laughs> A, I think a leper of sorts. I'm kidding. I'm being dramatic. <laughs> right. I think our audience will be shocked yeah. that you were against some tradition that society in general enjoys. You know, absolutely can I just shocked say that I don't like that I end up coming across as like this. Like I like things for the record. Just so everyone knows, like, I do actually like things. There's a lot of things that I like. We just end up talking about a lot of the things that I don't like, for what it's worth. Well, because we're on a crusade to to make the world better for you specifically, Andy. Well, um, I mean, at least partly. 33% for me. Guys, after we finish up the ep, let's go enjoy some fireworks and just, like, celebrate the day, maybe with some pop music as well. I think that'll be great. 
So I anybody divide the 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 things that I don't. There's a lot of reasons why I don't like Christmas, and I kind of break them up into essentially three categories. And I'm going to start off with the easy one because it's things that are like no one else's, no one's fault, but they're just things that contribute to at least my personal misery during this time of year. And that is just general depression. Depression makes me sad and not like things. So there's that. There is, and it was mentioned earlier, the seasonal affective disorder, which is quite a legitimate thing. Mm -hmm. In, In the colder northern areas, winters are long, fierce, and intense. When Chekhov saw the long winter, he saw a winter bleak and dark and bereft of hope. It's a tough time. There's not a lot of vitamin D out there. A lot of people struggle. And finally... Yeah, I'm in complete agreement so far. <laughs> the other one is just the physical characteristics of winter. It being cold, dark, and snow snowy. Those are things that I don't like even just all by themselves. Outside of like... Absolutely. You know, they're just uncomfortable. So... Snow drives me up an absolute wall. Snow is the only weather that I then have to move out of my way to go about my day. Wow. It's a pain in the ass. It's the only weather that has to get in my way. Drop in the hot takes. Can we get the so, hot yeah. take meter Screw back? Snow. Bring Bring back the hot take meter for this. Ooh. Hot take. I will say it's very pretty, and when I was up there in, in Michigan, I was, we were, like, right, right on a lake, and in the morning, as the sun came up across the lake, it was absolutely gorgeous, and I did take a picture, and mm. I, we can put it in the show notes or whatever. But. Nice. I nice. don't know if we can do that. Can we do that, Nathan? I think we do have a doobly-doo. Yeah, okay. Can go ahead and use it. Cool. So, anyway, those are now out of the way. Like, there's nobody has any control over that. There's nothing we can do about it. They're just going to be an issue. All right. Absolutely. The rest of these reasons pretty much break up into two categories. So, there are the things that I I don't like, but they don't hurt anybody. I just don't like them. There is a personal preference kind of thing. And then there's the things that at least I, in my view are harmful or problematic in some way. So I'm going to start with the things that I don't like, my personal beefs, because I can more or less kind of list them off and you can just be like, agree with that, don't agree with that, agree with and no one cares because it's just opinions. Sure. Sure. (laughs) And if you have anything to add, We've never argued about opinions on this show ever. Right. All right. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go straight at it. Christmas music f***ing... Blow my brains out. Please kill me. I hate it. It is worse than country music. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry. I know I, that people love it, and I really don't... I really, really, really try not to sh** on their parade, because I know that it's just a me thing. It's just that I... But, like, God, it's, it's hard to hold it in, because it sucks. Oh, my God. But it, it's... It's super. Is it just you? Like, I think... I know. I, I enjoy Christmas music... For about three to seven days a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, maybe, maybe you can start on the 18th of December, and that's fine. And then wrap it up by the 25th. You're good. I also enjoy 
the Unitarian church that, um, I mean, multiple Unitarian churches that I've been a part of do a sort of like caroling, uh, service on Christmas Eve. And like, I find I really enjoy singing carols because it's the one God time of year where everybody knows the words to ah. the songs <laughs> that we're singing at the same time. Um, but, There's a joke uh, about Unitarians and why they're always singing off key. It's because they're they're trying to read ahead to make sure that they agree with the words first. <laughs> exactly. That's and but let me just say, uh, any and all businesses who start playing Christmas music on November first can eat my whole entire ass. My dude, like it is awful. October first, my dude. Uh, no, but, no, no. I think normally it happens. Because, like, the spooky right. season is October. Most of the big ones, I'm not saying that nobody does it. No. But, like, everybody does it November 1st. The music doesn't start right. till after. You're right about that. I, but they, they have decorations out. So, but I hate, I hate it. And I feel so bad. I feel so bad for the people who work in those retail places that have to hear it. Because when I was a teenager, it definitely started on November 1st. And they had... One hour of music at the grocery store I worked at that we had to listen to over and over and over again all day long. And oh my god, oof, you can tell time by it. the music. So, so you're not alone is the my main yeah. point. You're well, not the only one who hates it. I'll come back to this the topic because there are some exceptions, and I will add that I used to work retail, and yeah, that's one of the reasons I won't work retail anymore. At least during the holidays. When I am able to kind of just not go out into public much during the season, I can avoid a lot of it. And so whatever plays at, like, the family festivities is totally manageable for me, so. Yeah, I I have to, like, 99% agree with you. Like, a lot of the Christmas music you've heard hundreds and hundreds of times, and it's Mm. not super enjoyable. I do kind of enjoy the Mariah Carey song, (laughs) and I know a lot of people are going to cringe at that, the All I Want for Christmas is You. I have a soft spot for that song, but I understand that not everybody does. Um, but yeah, I think. I bet you just said that so that Nathan has to put the drop in. Uh, I don't think we can afford the drop, right? Well, yeah, yeah we're not going to do that. that. Stopped us in the past. I will see you in court. <laughs> right, we have put Disney show content. But I think you're totally justified, Andy, in in that point. So, well, well, it don't have to be like I don't. People are also allowed to love it, and right, right in tandem with that, the decorations—they are gaudy. They're awful. They're garish. They're way overdone. The I have to make my house be able to be seen from space like it's National Lampoon. Beautiful, Clark. Talk about f***ing your money away. I hope you kids see what a silly waste of resources this was. Is, first of all, uh, an obnoxious trope. Second of all, does a lot of light pollution... Probably should have been on my harmful list, but it's probably kind of hard to sell that as really especially damaging. I don't really know how damaging it is, so I decided it's to not a make that claim. For power, it's a it's at least a little wasteful or mm-hmm. pretty wasteful. I don't know. We might have to fact check that. <laughs> uh, now we have to. <laughs> I don't even know how to like. You said the is, magic words. Is there? 
I feel like is we there should like better. a study out there that you think is going to say pretty wasteful? Like <laughs> I don't even know how to. I will look it up for you for sure. Okay, dude, I'm sure that the and if not, we can cut this out. The uh, the anti Christmas economic society has run that study. Fact check. Fact check. Fact check. Oh hi, it's me and Checky. Now, Rudolph, those are my cookies. Go get your own lunch. So I guess we're doing this thing again. Every year since 2012, NASA has done an annual study of light pollution caused by holiday lights. Their studies have found that certain areas have their light intensity increased anywhere from 30 to 50%. Honestly, I'm all for it. It makes the houses easier to find for the sleigh. According to Forbes, the average U.S. household will use 65 kilowatt hours of electricity or a total of $645 billion to keep those lights illuminated for the month. Totally worth it. In addition, the light pollution can mess with the internal biological clocks of nocturnal animals. But hey, that blow-up snowman in the front really helps to balance the feng shui of your property. Checky out! Fact check, fact check, fact check. Moving on, I'm going to hit another one that's definitely a me thing, which is getting gifts specifically for a holiday that I don't even celebrate is the most bizarre thing to me. It, I actually am like about to uh, broach this with the family and just tell them like, I'm not going to take any more, I'm not accepting Christmas gifts anymore. I don't celebrate the holiday. I don't want gifts. If you really feel like you have to do something, here's a charity that you can donate to in my name. End of story. Like, I will buy the socks and shirts that I need because I know what I want. I know what I need. I will buy appliances that I need when I need them. So, gift getting, especially because I don't even celebrate this holiday. This is not... Well, (laughs) and do you you want to save this for later? Or, I mean, I feel like that's a good transition into commercialism. Yeah, we can definitely get into that later, um, because okay, we can save that. I, yeah. I, I do consider like the commercialism part of that is a harmful piece. That's a problem, but at least like at this point, all I'm really talking about is I feel I just feel kind of awkward receiving a gift on a holiday that is not my holiday that I don't celebrate or even like. To be frank, anywho, I don't know if I can really beef with you. On that, I just kind of feel bad. Like, it's just weird. Like, I would rather, like, I, I'd be fine if, like, I don't know, I don't really have any holidays because I'm not a religious person and holidays are, mo- you know, there's limited secular holidays out there. Uh, if it was something like, I don't, uh, you know, something else that, like, that I actually was into, that would be a, a different story, but I don't, uh, I don't celebrate Christmas. I don't even like Christmas. Why would I, why would I let someone spend money on me for this? It's weird to me. So but the, that's a personal the comment thing. that I would, yeah, the comment that I would tack on to the end of this is that on the surface, it might seem like an altruistic act. Like I'm, I'm giving up of something that, oh, I could have spent this money on something else. That's not really what's going on. What's really going on is that there's a dopamine release of giving a really nice or a really appreciated gift, like something that's personal, something that's from the heart. That is like you're, you're firing off on all cylinders, your, your reward center in your brain. 
And so, like, in a way, it's a little bit selfish to give somebody a gift. And I know that's going to sound like blasphemy. What I mean is that it is it is more satisfying to me personally to buy a gift that is, like, personalized mm-hmm. for somebody that, like, they will really appreciate it. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Like, it could be expensive, but it doesn't have to be. That is, it is better to give than to receive. Like, that payoff for me is what makes it worth it. And that's, like, way better than getting a gift that I had wanted. Yeah. But, I mean, now you're starting to talk about, like, I mean, is there even such a thing as a selfless act? And, and I mean, I, I'm in the no camp. It sounds like you kind of <laughs> are. No, I mean, I, I go a couple different ways on it. I think, where for me it becomes problematic is if you feel like you are obligated to return the gesture. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Um, if like, right. Like if, if I want to, and let me be clear, I don't a lot. Like I, I don't feel the obligation to give me, most people gifts, but if I want to do something nice, if I want to show like, Hey, I was thinking of you, that doesn't necessarily obligate you to do anything in return. And again, for me, it's, it's weird because yeah, it's a holiday, but like, I'm not celebrating it for religious reasons. I'm celebrating it for purely secular reasons. And so it's like, not, not like something that I'm for capitalism. Absolutely. Um, no, for, yeah, for tradition at this point, like I've been, it's been like shoved down my throat my entire life. And I found my, and I want to shove it down your children's throat. And I like be like, I found my own reasons why it works for me. And that like, that doesn't mean it has to work for you. Right on. But like, then, then like I, (laughs) but you also, and I think this is one reason why I think this stance makes sense because you feel the same way about your birthday, right? Like you don't, you feel weird for people giving you birthday gifts as well. Um, to a certain extent, yes. Less so because, well, because first of all, I'm always like very clear that like I don't expect anything. Right. Um, that I enjoy just spending time with people and that is sufficient. Like, you know, don't spend money on me stuff. Like I say that all the time and I've been saying it for a long, long time. So people kind of largely know, but you know, we like to, we'll have a big party or something. There's also a more of a personal element to the gift giving. And I don't like, they got a gift for me. They weren't like trying to shop for everybody and like, okay, we, you know, I wasn't a, a box on a checklist. Um, hmm. which I'm not saying that it's thoughtless at Christmas, but it just feels more like, and, and this is something that I was thinking about earlier when you were talking about, um, kind of some, you kind of were talking about spontaneous gift giving and dude, spontaneous gift giving trumps all other gift giving. Oh, I was there. I saw this and thought of you. I'm not going to get you a gift certificate or pen knife or any of that other work. That is the best possible gift. Those are the best ones mm-hmm. in the world. And I don't, I never turn those down because that's like, that's just really, truly a, that, I mean, I, I'm getting emotional now. So I'm just going to stop talking. But like, those are the, those are the, the best gifts. And I would be fine with never getting a gift outside of those ever. Like, just, if you see something that makes you think of me, go for it. 
that's it. Otherwise, like, don't worry about it. Just, like, come spend time with me. We're having a party. Hmm. Hell yeah. That's just me. I'm weird, and I know that I am very me-ish. So if you guys are good with that one, we can right. move along. And I think all of that stuff is coming from, like, a personal point of view, and it's not something you expect from others. No, of course not. I, like, have I, no, I have no beef with any of that. Like, I'm, I'm going to be... Getting, a, you know, Christmas gifts for Caitlin. I already got, I guess I should say, because it is, uh, December 15th when we're mm. recording this. So, um, I, I already got Christmas gifts for Caitlin. So, and, and other people. What? Like, you mean it's not Christmas Eve? Right. So, oh. right. We are not that dedicated to Wait, you guys, listeners. Did you hear that on the, <laughs> on the roof? It sounded like hoof prints. Huh. Must be Ooh, good foley work there. Sinta's horses. <laughs> yeah. What? Anyway. What is that? So let me let me power through these. So, all right, Pat, you've talked about the being nice to strangers. This one's uh, yeah. I'm gonna just go ahead and call bullshit right there Ooh, snap. because strangers okay. are not nice. Strangers are nasty out there. They drive like maniacs and they push and shove in the stores. They, I mean, like, it's not all the time full throttle, but, like, the niceness is, like, only lasts as long as you are not an obstacle for them. <laughs> Against that background came news on Black Friday that an angry mob pushed in the doors at a Walmart on Long Island and trampled a sales clerk to death. It it does seem hmm. I I will agree with Andy on this like it does seem very situational when people uh, see you as a a treasured <laughs> like fellow member of the human family and when you're in between them and the gift that they need to get their child. Mm-hmm. Oh man, peace on earth and goodwill <laughs> towards men. If only. All right, the l- duration of this pandemonium is is like bonkers. So. Ultimately, you start seeing the Christmas decorations hit stories in October. <laughs> this thing is almost three full months long. That is almost 25% of the year, people. Tone it the fuck down. Now, here's the thing, though, Andy. You're you're always a big, like, booster of the economy. And uh, the, the uh, economy is certainly bolstered in a huge way by the long Christmas season. Uh, how do you live with yourself, sir? I think that people would be spending that money on other things that maybe things that they needed, like car repairs or things that might help them actually become a more uh, boost their their economic standing. But instead, they're spending it on uh, goods and toys and shiny things for their nieces and nephews. And right, they're they're expecting an eight hundred and fifty billion dollar. U.S. Uh, Christmas season, eight hundred and fifty billion dollars. I'm gonna have to at least partially or mostly agree with Andy on this one. Like, I don't like. I enjoy buying gifts for for other people's children just as much as the next person. Like, yes. spoiling children is fun, and then like you don't have to deal with them <laughs> the rest of the year, so you can just be really nice to <laughs> them, you know, and and buy them gifts. I'm a huge fan of that. But at the same time, the economics of Christmas and the Christmas stuff coming out in October and just like spending a ton of money and a ton of time on it, like, 
I don't think that that's what it's about. I think I think you're missing the point if you're focusing too much on the material aspects of it. Mm. And so, well, like, not just the gifts, um, but the decorations for the house, and it's the and it's that they go up so early and then they stay up. Like, I mean, when you're talking about the the decorations, you're talking about from from mid October until uh, what February usually is yeah. when. Come on, like people. Yeah. You get like over half of them. I would say, taken I, down. I think January first is when those decorations <laughs> need to come down. I guess technically, in the most specific sense of the word, uh, New Year's Day is a holiday. But who are we kidding? Like New Year's Day is nothing. You can yeah. you can use that to take down your decorations. Right. Um, we we tend to I keep the tree like, up I, till like mid January. I think I. I know that Sarah has some sort of calculation worked out in her head as to how long mm-hmm. we leave it up, but I just take it out of the curb. Honestly, like if it was, if it was what uh, black, you know, the day after Thanksgiving through January first, or even like January fifth, like I really, I don't think I would complain that much because they are kind of a pain in the ass to put up and take down. So you want to get a little bit of use out of them. I get it. Do I? Do but either like, you celebrate? It's, it's, do either of you celebrate Buy Nothing Day? So like every Black Friday, I like I try no. and have everything set up for like meals and groceries and like anything I'm going to need. And I like because it's the biggest consumer day of the year. Uh, Black Friday is and yeah. Buy Nothing Day is in, in like in accordance with that. And so because they land on the same day. Uh, I tend to you just eat some leftovers from Thanksgiving and have everything you need around the house and spend more time with your family instead of trying to trample people at like Best Buy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I generally oh. call it do nothing day. But yeah. 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 I mean, um, I I wouldn't say that I celebrate that, but like I don't I don't really encourage like going out to stores like maybe I'll buy some stuff for Cyber Monday, but you know. I don't go out shopping on Black Friday for sure. Right. <laughs> There's a great thing that went viral that I think it, it came, I saw it on Reddit. Some people released uh, like a press release saying that Walmart would be closed for Black Friday for the first time ever. And like tried to like and made some like really, really convincing looking flyers. <laughs> and Walmart was definitely very, very, very open on Black Friday. Uh- Nice. Um, I don't know how many people were taken in by that, but I did appreciate the attempt. Shocker. No, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got kind of a controversial one, but it's super a matter of taste. Let's do it. Peppermint. Hit me. Peppermint. Thanks. No, thanks. Not. Uh-huh. And it's like everything is peppermint. When I get back in that room, you better be wearing nothing but a candy cane. That's fair. I can't argue with you on that at all. Like, I mean, I enjoy peppermint okay i'm not crazy yeah. about it but if if somebody else doesn't like peppermint uh, i'm yeah. not gonna be like no right, right. you I, must I, like peppermint I both, not. I both disagree and could not care less <laughs> like you you do you right okay all right here's an actual hot take christmas movies all right now there are exceptions again like the music will come back but Highlight on the god Hallmark pieces of shit. Yeah, sure. Yes, they're awful. What What are you talking about? Die Hard is a, American an American classic. classic, and like you should watch it every year. Like absolutely. Like I, I don't know what you're talking about. 
not liking Die Hard. There are exceptions. Like I said, there are exceptions. Now I have a machine gun. I have a tradition of watching It's a Wonderful Life every year on Halloween Mm. uh, because it is like (laughs) one of my favorite movies of all time and uh, it's the best holiday of the year. So why not combine them? That's fair. There you go. That works. That is, those are both two of my exceptions. So (laughs) no, but yes, the like, Hallmark Hallmark generally churns out somewhere in between a dozen and two dozen uh, holiday films every year. And Netflix has started making these, like, terrible pieces of crap. Now, the thing is, there are some good holiday movies out there that have, like, some LGBT representation and, like, aren't just the same, like, like, generic white couple who, like, he's a he's a businessman from the city. She makes Christmas ornaments. Mm-hmm. They hate each other. What will happen? Woohoo! Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's, the, uh, uh, like my favorite one. I don't remember, <laughs> uh, much. I don't, I've never actually seen it, but there's a Hallmark movie called A Grandpa for Christmas. And I really, like, I'm curious, like, how that works. Like, what, what the transactional nature of <laughs> that trade-off is. Like, hey kids, good news. I brought you an old man. Mm. <laughs> That's weird. I don't think I understand. Grandpa for Christmas? Yes, as in uh, there's a grandpa for Christmas. I've never seen it, and I never will, and I don't want anybody to spoil I'm, I'm thinking more... the movie for me. Because the movie I've built in my head at this point is better than anything I've ever seen. I'm guessing more likely... Well, I don't think I understand the basic premise, but okay. Well, it... You don't know about your granddaughter. My what? All she wanted was a home. What she got? You guys really think that I can do this? Was the greatest gift of all. Ernest Borgnine, Juliet Goya. A grandpa for Christmas on Hallmark Channel. Like that, people are receiving a gift. Apparently, is a grandpa? No, 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 no. No, it clearly they're going to eat grandpa for yes. Christmas. <laughs> okay. Now wait, what's I understand what's that the better. rule of thumb on grandpas? Is it like half an hour for every pound? And how often do I have to baste? <laughs> I think so. It depends on how sinewy they are. So while while we're on movies, I do have to say I thought we were on cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say that I I don't really super enjoy a Christmas story. Oh my god, I shot my eye out! Um, my sister loves it, and she insists that we nope. watch it on loop <laughs> every year. And, like, even if I enjoyed it a, you know, a little bit the first time that I watched it, I have seen it so many times now that, uh, yeah, like, no, it's... I mean- it's tough. Yeah, I've been coasting at the once every, once a year. Like I'll watch it once every year because it. I do like the movie, but it has definitely been like waning. And I think really, I, I may have slipped down to every two years without even meaning to. I think that's sort of where I am. Like every couple, three years, maybe. But like as Clevelanders, yeah. we're supposed to be constitutionally obligated to like the movie. Because the Christmas story house is here. Yeah, but I haven't been there. Um, it's the, 
And the Higbees that, like, became the casino. Right. So now it's, that's kind of sad, too. It's like the Tower City casino. Yeah. I, they, they do put on a nice window display every year still at the casino. Oh. Um, that, like, you have to, like... That's, that's super depressing. <laughs> I mean, um, it's but- kind of cool. It's always nice to see, you know, The Avengers was also filmed in Cleveland. It's yeah. cool to see a, a, a movie filmed in Cleveland. And it is funny. So, here's, as here's as the thing. You don't- there are definitely movies that I love. Yeah. Like, I, I still love, I have probably seen it, I don't know, a couple dozen times at this point. I love Elf. Elf was such a well-made yeah. movie. And there's just like uh, some some classic lines in it. Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color for the town? Hello. It totally works. And Will Ferrell was offered like $22 million for Elf 2. And he just said, no, there's like, no, first of all, nobody wants to see that movie. And it just stands on its own. And I absolutely agree with that. Fat check, fat check, fat check. Well, Nathan... Stupid and racist, eh? That movie is a total misrepresentation of elf culture. If a human ever stumbled into the North Pole, we'd just throw them in the pit. (laughs) No, no, no. I said if we found a human. (laughs) I know, I know. Anyway, Will Ferrell was offered 29 million, not 22 million, to star in yet another abomination like the first movie. You dunce. Let's see if we can say something right for a change. Anyway, here's the humans again. Fact check, fact check, fact check. Um, but there, there's a lot of good, like, good Christmas movies out there. But anybody who thinks that you want to see a movie, no matter how good it is, on repeat is a monster. <laughs> and that cannot be allowed. Uh, they need to be taken down once and for all. Um, well. and... I mean, at least that particular practice needs to be taken down once and for all. (laughs) But, like, the thing is... Declaring war over here. Right. Like, I think you could, like, chalk up your concern with terrible Christmas movies to just terrible movies in general. Uh, I think, again, we talked about this before, but the one exception is I love a good, terrible horror movie. And it's just because of the, the nature of the beast. But, like, no one should like bad movies... And I have a moratorium. I, like, I can't handle Lifetime movie. Yeah, I can't handle a... a Hallmark movie. They're just made to be bad. Uh, with the possible exception of the Colonel Sanders movie. I was just going to say, the <laughs> Colonel Sanders movie. Who the hell are you? Harlan Sanders, the new chef. Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders in a recipe for seduction. No, you're right. There, with bad movies, like there's there's a saturation point, and and you just have to be aware of it. Like right. you cannot just roll back to back to back bad movies. It, it you go insane. All right. So speaking of, we've um, unless it's Colonel Sanders. Go ahead. You remember how we were talking about it? Like a nice tight episode. We have yeah. fallen away from that. I got one more thing in this part of the list. Let's so, do it. And this is, we kind of touched on this earlier where we, you were talking about some stuff. So when you ask someone, what's the meaning of, of Christmas? Like, what, what what's the meaning of Christmas, you guys? I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Okay. Um, I think consumerism. <laughs> I mean, for me personally... It comes down to family, just having time to spend with them. Yeah. I mean, there's, of course, the Jesus 
story. Wait, who? Yeah, Pardon? the the birth of Jesus. The birth of who? Who are you guys talking about? I'm not familiar. Um, the son of son of God. He's a a bowler. He he bowls in a bowling league with the dude. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> with the Jesus. Okay. Anyway, eight year olds, dude. Uh. So. I just have to kind of beef with uh, all of those. There is no, like, actual reason. It's this sort of, there was a some some pagan holidays kind of nearby, and then the Christians sort of took it over and just supplanted a, a reason out of thin air on it. Like, even now, like, the, I mean, generally, now that we know that Jesus would not have been born in December... The response is, yeah, well, that's when we celebrate his birth. So, we'll eat it. And, like, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that. Because, that's me. They don't say that. that they don't even mean that. I, I'm just being a dick. I'm, I'm going to yeah. say that. <laughs> eat shit. Can we, oh, no. can we make that t-shirt? Um, like, what, what we're hey, selling. listeners, would you buy <laughs> Would you buy an eat shit t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, like, there, the, all of these, like, reasons are either basically, like, different appropriation or, or religious lies. I say lies because we know he wasn't born in December, but this was when we're celebrating it because that's when we have been celebrating it and deal with it. So, cool. But, like, in that sense, it's it's not actually his birthday or whatever, so to speak. I shouldn't say birthday. It makes it sound diminutive. But anyway, or, like, these secular delusions of, like, peace on earth and goodwill towards men when... China is committing genocide, <laughs> and our response is, well, we're going to trade less with you, and, like, Got him. you have all sorts of other human rights violations all over the world, there's different governments currently being overthrown everywhere, it's a mess, and, like, yeah, goodwill towards men, right, yes, peace on earth, uh-huh, my ass. so, like... And, and it's not even true on the ground level, because like I said earlier, like, people are assholes to each other, like, more than usual during the holidays and out in the world, out in the wild. So it's, it just irritates me that all of the, like, proclaimed reasons for the season are, like, frustratingly just wrong. <laughs> anyway, alright, rant over. Well, you know, I well, think that that's that a totally, I think that's a totally reasoned and pretty reasonable response. What I would say is like it's an ideal to strive for. And then if re- if reality is falling short of that ideal, then maybe we need to have a powwow and figure it out as humanity. We need to figure out why we're falling short of this ideal. But like yeah. what you've said is completely reasonable like i don't i don't have any basic disagreements with what you put out there uh i will take back just a little bit on that that last bit the it, any any excuse to to spend some time with family is a good excuse and you know it if it's a convenient time for a lot of businesses to kind of shut down collectively you know cuz a lot of times just the infrastructure of business requires other businesses to be open, like when when one business is closed, this business can't operate and things like that. So the convenience of being able to let everybody go spend some time with each other, that is not a bad thing. And familyness is good. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> All right. 
Are we good to move on to the next category? I think we've done it. I think I think so. I got my I yeah, got my and I don't like I don't particularly one. disagree with any of your I may have personal like a, a, opinion disagreements, but there's nothing that I'd be like, "How dare you?" Like, right? Yeah, whatever. That all makes well. These were they were all opinions. You can just agree with it or disagree with it, and we're good. High five. Move on. Awesome. Right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of moving yeah, on, cool. Here's where we're, we might start to have some actual beef. All right. Now I'm going to go ahead and do the easy one first: the softball, the commercialism. It is bonkers, and it is. Not good. Um, now, you were joking about how much, uh, or you were referencing, I guess I should say, how, how much of the, I guess, portion of the economic GDP is from Christmas sales. Or I don't remember what you were quoting, but... It's no joke, pal. $850 billion a season. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so just to- total revenue or whatever right. brought in. That is, generally speaking, because it's like gifts and stuff, it's not really that great for the economy. That is money that is better spent investing in economic mobility catalysts like a, like a car, um, investing in real estate, investing in investments, um, like in terms of, or just like a school fund for the kid, like a college fund for, for your niece or something like that. Like buying toys, buying items, clothing and stuff there's a portion of it that isn't going to fit the person or they aren't going to like anyway, which is wasted. And at least for the first 20 years of their life, they're going to be growing out of it pretty quickly anyway. Then it goes to, you know, maybe it gets donated to some, uh, 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 you know, a goodwill or something. But like the, <laughs> the money that is dumped into buying gifts for people for the holiday season is not good economic, or it's not ideal, it's not the best economic stimulation. Sure. <laughs> stimulation. <laughs> and you're saying you don't want to come across as a bah humbug Scrooge type person in this episode. <laughs> well, well, right, I'd be more of a Grinch. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch... Just north of Whoville did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Oh, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was too sizes too small it's kind of like a wet blanket thing like i mean you're right i fundamentally do not disagree like sure it would be it would be great to spend that money on economic mobility or education like something better but like at the end of the day we're spending money to make ourselves feel better in a world that is like chaotic uh, you never know when, like, a pandemic is going to sweep over the nation, or you might not be able to see your family, or, you know, a meteor could hit us tomorrow. To me, spending a little bit of money and, like, giving gifts and giving to other people and feeling a little better, like, because we spent money, like, I don't think that that's evil. It might be misguided or, you know, well, not the greatest. I mean, specifically, 
we're talking about the um the and it seems to be a pretty American thing, although it is gaining in other countries, especially Europe. But like we're talking about the hyper commercialism. We're talking about the you have to buy everything Christmas. You have to wear you have to have Christmas sweaters for every day. You have to have your house decorated. You have to have the tree with all the ornaments. You have to fill that tree up with gifts. So, um, you know, it's the the more is better part of right. it. Right and. I agree with that. Like, I 100% agree with that. Because I don't... I'm not beefing with, like, buying gifts for people. That's not... uh, Yeah, but, like, look at... For example, look at, like, Hanukkah. Like, um, it's eight nights of Hanukkah. The kids kids will get a gift each night. And... Or, you know, the parents will give a gift. It's a family holiday. You buy a gift for each of your family members for each night. And that's kind of it. So, okay. Moving along. Because kind of in tandem... So, like, hand-in-hand hand in hand with the commercialism, meaning the materialism, really, is the the ads and the movies that are playing everywhere and the, the, the music and, well, we talked about that. But, I mean, all of this stuff that's, uh, the ads especially, the movies that glamorize these, like, you know, the, this, like, rich, basically rich people life, all of this stuff, all of this, like, commercialist culture around it kind of it really starts to build up a link in people's minds in the subtext of the holiday between goodness and the presents you get right like having having a lot of resources having a lot of money to give away presents well it all starts to become blurred together doesn't it one specifically parents like for i mean certainly my lifetime and i think well before it have used the threat of, well, Santa's not going to bring you anything to try and keep their kids in line. Maybe that works and oh, maybe man. it doesn't. I completely, forgot to ta- I completely forgot to talk about the Krampus when when we were talking history. Oh, Krampus. So St. Nick used to have, like, so this is an, not ancient, but this is like an old Germanic for- folklore um, thing is that St. Nick used to have um, this creature, this Krampus, it's like a satyr, basically, like with the cloven hooves, and he would lash bad children. Like, not only are you just, like, not getting anything, or you're getting coal, like, oh no, don't worry about that. <laughs> the Krampus is gonna whip you and, like, throw you in a sack and, like, kidnap you and yeah. eat you. <laughs> like, uh-huh. That's, like, the, the story they would tell children to get them to behave, which is kind hilarious. Kind of makes you, like, Excited for the coal. <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to get in the Krampus thing because it was... No, no, that's that was a worthwhile interjection. I think things have maybe gotten a little out of hand with the expectations on what's going to be under that tree every year. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the amount of mm-hmm. money that people have to spend to like make Christmas seem like it was worthwhile for their kids... And Andy, I know we had talked about this before the episode, but the thing is, a lot of these parents will put Santa's name on the PlayStation 5 or the Switch or like insert expensive present here and put Santa's name under there. And then children who do not come up in households with a ton of resources will then get like a sweater or a board game or something and have to wonder, well, why did Santa give Barry 
uh, switch, and I ended up getting like hungry, hungry hippos. What what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. So I think there are definitely goals to try and like bring Christmas down a little bit, but that's not in like America's best interest. You know, like that's not in the government's best interest. It's not in mm-hmm. like business's best interest. It's just in the best interest of the citizenry, which we all know is not <laughs> what wins out like ever. Right. Well, and just to go ahead and piggyback and launch into the, the next part, because you kind of touched on it earlier, Santa, as well as this atrocity called Elf on the Shelf, are a creepy lesson in surveillance <laughs> for kids. Hey, kids, you're being watched at all times. By Krampus. Santa saw when you did that thing under the mattress while your cousin slept on the floor next to you or whatever. I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's really, yeah, really that's why creepy. We just... <laughs> and I know that, like, for Christians, like, it's kind of not that abnormal because the God, God was already are always watching, so add Santa and the elf, no big deal. That's why we just bought the kids, like, copies of 1984. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have to say, like, on this subject... I think it's an important life lesson and it's, it's tough because you are, you're lying <laughs> to, to children. Oh, for sure. But yes. I think, I think it's an important life lesson to learn that like adults will just like lie to you. <laughs> like when you, when you, when you figure that out, it's like, wow, um, people, people will just lie to you. Like, t- because they think it's funny, like to see how long it takes you to figure out. There's there's something to that. Like I don't think that that's just like a useless cultural relic that we're, you know, that we could take or leave. Like I think that that's that's an important thing to learn. Still relevant. Yeah, I think that's relevant. That's, right? I think that's especially relevant. That's so bad. I wish I could disagree, but that actually is depressingly <laughs> like I I can't. Well, I don't. I think not only so, that, but like we've been lying to you, and now it's your job to lie to your younger brother or sister. About this too. Oh my god! Like you're now well, in on it. No. <laughs> this this episode took a little bit of a dark turn. <laughs> All right. So we talked a little bit about this up up front, but just the chain of stolenness is really long and reeks of like oppression and assimilation and hegemony. Okay, I don't like that. I think that that's a problem. I think that that is. You know, that was Christianity trying to take over the world. And, like, I think for some people it may have been because they thought that, like, Savior and whatever. But for the people actually driving, the the actual driving force behind the, uh, like, colonial pushes and stuff like that was for money for the wealthy elite anyway. It was never actually legitimate, even though it was sanctioned by the Pope, and it had to be sanctioned by the Pope before they would do it. So, you know, it's like, it's just really weird and wrapped up in a lot of bloodshed and and nastiness that, like, I understand that it's all in the past and stuff, but it's still, it bugs me. Fair enough. Can you clarify the, uh, so you're talking about colonialism and, like, religion's part in colonialism? Well, so, like, Christmas, I think, especially sort of stands out as, to in my mind, 
as kind of almost symbolizing a lot of the colonialism mm. of where the, you know, these Christian, white Christian countries would go into, you know, brown skin countries with other local religions and basically be like, all right, you can either stop, you know, give that up and be Christian or we'll kill you if you, or you can try and get away. And like, that's kind of, and I hate to be, you know, that's just, unfortunately, that's what happened. And they thought that they were, you know, they, they believed in what they were doing and they had their reasons for it. And I'm not here to like get too hung up on that, but like that old tradition of, yeah, that kind of, that, that colonialism, which really was centered around like a lot of the white European Christian population that they were the main drivers there. Um, it is, I think in a lot of ways symbolized by how Christmas is just this hodgepodge of pagan religions that all got eaten up and replaced with this like obviously fake religion, Christian tradition story that we all know is, you know, like we're celebrating a birthday, like five months away from it or something. It's, it's, it just smells of like, be like us or else. And I shouldn't say, I mean, I know that like, it's not really the spirit of the holiday that I'm looking at, like the history of the holiday and seeing the history of, a lot more than that well, reflected in it. Sorta. But, but also like I just, this whole bullshit feeling that there's a war on Christmas because you are the only person hmm. during the month of December that is celebrating something is it's nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's, there's there's still an idea of this this ownership over this time of year for a big group of people and they certainly still want you to celebrate exactly the way that you want to celebrate. Otherwise, you're attacking them. And it's it's still there. Uh-huh. Like, I understand what you're saying. And to say it's only in the past is, it's no, it's clearly not. Well, thank you um, for, for validating that. Because I really was kind of like, I'm starting to, you know, we're getting late in the episode here. And I'm starting to feel like I've just, I'm beating up on a corpse here beating a dead source so to speak <laughs> ah, one might him. say uh, but That's... like so it's it's nice to you know no no please keep going that i, I appreciate i like hearing that <laughs> well uh. i have one last beef with um with the christmas holiday and that's that it affects our government because year after year after year our congress does not do its job and pass the government funding bills that it's supposed to and instead wraps them wraps the entire government funding plan into one big giant bill along with all of their little pet projects that are really actually terrible and drains on public spending and uh into this one big absolute must sign bill that they have to get signed in order to go home for the holidays and so no one actually reads it because they just want to go home for the, see their for the holidays Yikes. right as opposed there as it. opposed to the rest of the year where they're reading those bills so carefully <laughs> No, they're not doing, instead, the rest of the year, they're just talking to the press and, and grandstanding and holding these big public 
uh, trials that are well. You know what would help them get through nobody, anyway. all of those tough bills that they have to read? Something like a precious moment. Dumb, precious human moments. Nice, nice, nice. Do you guys have any? I'll go first because I've been talking and I just oh, um, that way I'm done. Okay, <laughs> so I have a happy a, a happy Christmas thing. There's a few things about Christmas that I do like, and I was gonna come back to this, but we had to move. So like some nice Christmas movies. There are some there's Christmas music I like. There's some other stuff, um, including hey, Festivus for the rest of us is a holiday I would celebrate. A Festivus for the rest of us. But my when I was. When I was going to the Unitarian Church, the minister there used to tell this story at Christmas that I just was always fond of. It's the story, you know, the the canonical story of Jesus' birth, and at that time, the uh, you know the the angel appeared to the shepherds, I guess, because for some reason they needed shepherds there. I wasn't, I was never really actually clear on why they needed the shepherds at the birth now that I come to think of it. But at any rate, all of the shepherds couldn't go because they had the flock to, to tend to. So one shepherd stayed behind while these other ones go off to go, I guess, cheer on Mary. Well, it was like a spectacle thing. It's like to see the birth of the Son of God. It's like, oh, you know, I can't miss that. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Well, he didn't, he just went to this group of shepherds. <laughs> I guess they were really, really holy shepherds. So. They got to go. Anyway, <laughs> for whatever reason they did, and left this one shepherd tending the flock. And while they were gone, one of the sheep in the flock gave birth to a new baby sheep. Lamb? Maybe? I think lamb. And so when the other shepherds come came back, they said... Oh, it was, you know, amazing. Uh, we witnessed this, you know, a miracle. Ground pounding, heart stopping, quarter mile mayhem. Um, and the shepherd who stayed behind resp- responded by saying, well, you know, that, that does sound amazing, but I'll tell you, you know, I witnessed a miracle here too while you were gone. The miracle of birth occurred here as well. And, uh, I got to witness that. So, I just always kind of found that story appealing because I think that a lot of what makes living life special is kind of in, in some of the things that we generally consider relatively mundane or, or maybe like there, they tend to not necessarily be things that are wrapped up in sparkles and bows and covered in glitter and with incessant music blasting. <laughs> I think that a lot of the things to really celebrate about life are, yeah, those, those, just the little things. The, uh, the D&D every Sunday with your buddies. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Well, yours is so. way better than mine. <laughs> Cause I don't feel like I really have like a Christmas moral to this, but like a tradition that my family does is like, we'll, we have this little pickle ornament and we'll hide the pickle. Um, I know that's going to get clipped or something, but Lisa played hide the pickle with someone else. Like you hide the pickle on the Christmas tree somewhere and like whoever finds it gets a prize. It's just a neat, like little fun thing to do. Another tradition that we do is, um, and I don't know why she does it. Like every year I just like, um, but my mom buys us 
lottery tickets every year. Like ah, it's a fun, nice. it's a fun thing to do. Um, like scratch off the lottery tickets for the last, like probably, I don't know, decade. Like you'll get the offer of like, okay, you can take this $5 scratch off ticket or you can take $5. My bad gifts to one guy. Give me a, a lottery ticket. You ever get that as a gift? Man, that stinks. Huh? What the hell? Guy thinking, give me that. Yeah. Go, here you go. Nothing. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Nothing. <laughs> you know, unless it wins, then it's something. But let's face it, you know, a guy give you a lottery ticket. You know, he don't want it to win. That's the last thing he wants there. You know, it's a, <laughs> A nightmare that'd be, you know? Imagine that, you know, you get a call a week after Christmas, say, hey, Bill, what's happening? Yeah, I remember that ticket I gave you. 14 million bucks, huh? (laughs) And so, like, I habitually, just regularly take the money. And, um, because, like, everybody always winds up losing with the scratch-offs. But, like... Even though that is like a, a wasteful thing, there's all like the waste from the, the scratch off tickets and, um, you know, the, you, you never wind up winning anything back. I feel like it is an important, if a little bit sneaky lesson. And it's because I don't gamble at all the rest of the year. Like I don't gamble at all. Uh, I think it's a terrible idea. Yeah, me either. And like, in a, in a way, like, I kind of owe that to my mom because she buys us lottery tickets every year and we always lose. <laughs> and so like, I'm just like, <laughs> why would I do this? This is a terrible idea. <laughs> so I don't mind a little bit of like poker with some friends with like five or $10 buy-ins or something, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, I mean, I don't mind raising a, a, a small stake <laughs> I, on it. Yeah. Specifically I don't like gambling much either. Specifically lotteries are terrible, but like any, really any kind of like organized gambling is terrible. I would never buy a lottery ticket for myself. Right. Until one of you wins like $20,000. Right. I will eat the whole Christmas tree. Top to bottom. <laughs> I will eat the Christmas tree. No, I, I really, I will. We have, you heard it here first. Fair That's enough. Great. That seems, uh, that seems bad. <laughs> um, Can I just say, so, um, uh, the lottery tickets made me think of it, but like some people do like a Yankee peddler gift giving thing where everybody just brings like kind of a, a generic like white elephant gifty thing. Like, I don't know, it's max 20 bucks or something. And, and, uh, you like take turns playing this whole like game to divvy out who gets it. And there's like trading or like you can unwrap a new one. And so, that's like, that's actually fun. And there's no pressure to like pick a good gift for somebody. You just get bring like something <laughs> stupid and generic. We are going to turn secret Santa into Yankee Swap. What is Yankee Swap? One person chooses a gift. The next person can either choose a gift or steal that person's gift. If your gift gets stolen, then you can steal someone else's gift or choose a new gift. I thought that was called Nasty Christmas. Yeah, we call it White Elephant. Well, I call it fun. I love that. That's fun. That does sound fun. I've never done that specifically. Like, White Elephant gift parties, I haven't done. Yeah, that's what I'm all... uh, I don't know why the lottery ticket comment made me think of that, but anyway. (laughs) That's all I got, though. Um, So, a couple of things I need to mention here. Um, My dad uh, was a radio DJ, and part of what he would do is he would take on extra work just doing like voicing commercials 
or um, doing like little audio books and things like that. And in a way, um, we, well, we lost him 13 years ago. And that is very sad, but it's also been long enough where it's not that it doesn't hurt anymore, but at least you're used to it now. Um, but we lost him three days from now. And, uh, the other thing is his birthday was two days ago. And so it kind of made Christmas not really enjoyable for many, many years. Um, Aww. I'm, I'm so sorry. I know it's 13 years ago, but I'm still, I'm still sorry for your loss. And thank you. I appreciate it. And I, I always take that and, uh, appreciate it. Uh, cause it's not like I've forgotten about him. Like I still sometimes pick up my phone and like want to call him to ask for advice. Mm. But, um, but I will say one of the absolute gifts that I have is because he did all this voice work, I never am at a loss to be able to hear my dad's voice now. I I have so many different options. And one option that I have is he recorded uh, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. And every year on Christmas Eve, uh, we'll pull that up. You can find it on Spotify. Uh, there's It's on YouTube. You can find it anywhere because it was put on a CD with a bunch of different Christmas stories on it. And because of that, his his name pops up. So what I'll do is in the doobly do, I'll include um, that story. And if anybody wants to listen to it on Christmas Eve, that would mean a lot to me. That's beautiful. Um, um, yeah, that sounds awesome. It's it's really nice and like, and you can hear my dad had uh like I have a good face for radio. He had a good voice for radio. <laughs> um. And it's just like, it's, it's wonderful to like have that little thing every year that I can like, we can sort of make him part of our celebration. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. That frankly is, is picked up in the last few years because I've got nephews now and, you know, Lexi and Nicole, uh, have babies and this year they're old enough to understand what Christmas is. And, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, <laughs> to, I'm sure Andy Chagrin, uh, teach them to enjoy that. Nice. Why would I? Bazinga. I, I don't, I don't actually think that. Bazinga. You know. You missed when I said Bazinga. Yeah, no, I didn't miss it. I just... Well, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. <laughs> nice. Merry Christmas to all and to all I need to come up with a catchphrase. <laughs> Hopefully I give you something to hate Christmas about. <laughs> Love you, bye. <laughs> bye. Uh, man, you guys schooled me on the precious moments. I feel like both of yours were like way better than mine. Hide the pickle. <laughs> well, I guess that's what passes for entertainment in the human world. Hey, Checky, you stick to the script or you're not getting paid.
fine. It says here to check, uh, I guess, the Facebook group or interact on Twitter or Patreon. Wait, do people pay you to do this? Checky, I swear you will not get paid. Alright, well, I guess have a Merry Christmas. Um, or, you know, whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate. I'm looking at you, Andy. And until next time, remember that... Wait, you tell them that you love them? Don't you think that's a little personal? I just, again, want to restate that I do actually... There are things I do like. We can do an episode about some of them sometime. Like ska music. <laughs> let's let's just do an episode. Can we do an episode just called Andy colon not a curmudgeon? <laughs> <laughs>